episode join andy john and Allie on their journey home from unsanctioned pro 7 the next episode in grove city ohio welcome to the road home from wrestling See you live today from the Root Home Wrestling World Mobile Headquarters of the World. And I got John on the front seat. What up, John? I got to hand Dan Housen towels while he washed his face earlier tonight, and I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> well, John, you're not the only person with us today. We also have making her unsanctioned pro debut and her triumph from Return to the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. It is our HR director, Allie. How you doing, Al? I am doing wonderful. I just had the best night of my life. Well, we need to talk about Allie's experience more than ours. I mean, everyone's heard about me and John and how we love Unsanctioned Pro. Allie, you've had some experience going to some wrestling shows, right? I have, yes. So, how was this one different than other shows that you may have attended? Um, it was a lot more, like, intense. Like, a lot more, um... Uh, violent, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> extremely violent. A lot yeah. more, just like crazier, and like I loved it. You were very close to the action at many times this evening. Did you ever feel like you were in danger? <laughs> I did at one point. Yes. <laughs> did uh, you like it a little bit? I loved it, but then I had to jump over a wrestler and scramble away. So, it's, but the adrenaline it was incredible. It's pretty great, right? Is it yeah. that, that little hint of uh, of danger just yeah. kind of? makes wrestling a little better, you know, and I, I don't even know why. It's just one of those things, the first time we ever went to, like, IWA Mid-South, like, wrestlers were, like, laying in our laps and shit, and we're like, this fucking rules, Amazing. you know? And uh, it's just, that's the kind of way it is with this shit. So, I'm really happy that you got to come, and I can't wait to hear what you think about everything. Now, John, we were at a different venue this time, right? We um, were. On Sanction Pro is change venues. Tell me about the new venue. Well, typically we're at the Moose Lodge, and we are canned in there like a bunch of sardines. But this time, we have upgraded to some, uh, some, like, I don't know, it was like a sports-type arena where they had, they had a rock wall, they had axe throwing, they had inflatables, they had golf, or not golf, soccer, uh, soccer, soccer. and there was a lot of turf, and so the turf was a very nice touch, especially considering how much the action spills out of the ring. Yes. Um, I like the fact that there's turf now, and there's a lot more space, so we're literally not sitting in each other's laps for the show. That's true. Um, what did you think of the venue, Andy? I really liked it. It reminded me of Hits in Covington, where NWF runs, and the Mount Aurora venue that NWF runs, and various other of these like you know sports-type places where wrestling can be at. And I think it's a great venue because of the, you know, first of all, there was all kinds of things for the wrestlers to do uh, that are different than other, you know, venues might offer. And like you said, it wasn't as jammed in 
Um, you know, the only downside to this place is the acoustics weren't the same. Like, you know, at the Moose Lodge, it sounds so fucking loud at the Moose Lodge. Yeah. In this place, it sounded loud at times, but the, the sound just didn't, wasn't as compact as it usually is. So, right. you know, it didn't, you know, you really had to cheer loud, you know, to, to kind of make sure that it, those wrestlers could hear you, you know. Um, but, uh, Allie, what'd you think of this venue? You're familiar with venues like this, right? Yeah. I liked it. I, I mean... I didn't. I don't have anything to compare to for this promotion, but I thought it was a good place to have it. <clears throat> spacious. Well, yeah, it was definitely spacious. Fair. There was. I mean, there was so much room. <clears throat> like everybody could have set up merch tables if they wanted. You know, some people didn't, but I don't know why. But like, pretty much everybody could have. It was there was plenty of room, and some people <clears throat> when we first got there, I guess there was an issue with like. Uh, parking or something like that yeah. it does not have as much parking as the old place which is the old place had so much parking that like most of the lot was empty even when the building was full but yeah. you know so that's something that they may have to work on in the future is figure out how parking is going to work in the future but other than that i was really happy with the venue tonight i, I fucking love it mm-hmm. you know it's a great new home for uh for unsanctioned pro so uh john you want to kind of tell uh you know tell us what this show is all about and kind of break us into our first match here yeah, so this was the seventh Unsanctioned Pro show. I believe it's my fourth? Fifth? Is it my fourth? I don't know. We'd have to check the records. Uh, I believe it's my fourth. Uh, so this was the semifinals of the tag team tournament that has been going on uh, for the past few months. I guess really since the last show. Uh, this is you know, kind of the semifinals right before we get to the finals, which will be in January. And then we just had a lot of other different matches and uh, exciting prospects yeah, to look this forward show, to. This show is called the the next episode. So, um, you know, just like the uh, the song. So, you know, I think we got the outro music just there. Which, by the way, is that <clears throat> the best song on the Chronic? Is that is, is it? Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm not super familiar with The What's Chronic. The Chronic well, 2000. The sorry. Chronic 2000, yes. I do remember to it, listening to it as a child, uh, as a young middle schooler, thinking, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Listening to rap music, there's cussing, they're talking about weed. Yeah, they definitely talk about weed. Allie, do you, uh, are you familiar with The Chronic 2000? Never heard of it. Really? Okay. Really. So this is an all-white episode. <laughs> all-white. So just putting that over right there. <laughs> John, tell us what was our first match of the evening. So our opening contest was also, honestly, I would, if I was on this card, I would not necessarily want to follow this match because we started out with a banger, to say the least. Oh, we can? Are we saying banger now? Yeah. Oh, we are. I will refuse to say that. I mean, well, I'm just trying to, you know, be hip and fit it with the audience. Oh, okay. Because right. we have so many, like, millennials <laughs> listening to the show. Oh, it'd be like that, right? Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. Okay, I got you. So, Fair enough. Uh, so we started out <laughs> with a banger. It was an elimination <laughs> scramble match. Penny, my favorite wrestler, I think maybe in the entire world, Braden Lee. Oh, brazy. He is super brazy. Versus Zach Thomas. The real Dan Housen. The real one. Who do you love? Dan Housen. Uh, going against Kobe Durst, Shane Mercer, and Tiny Nips himself, Scotty Young. That's right. Now, um, <clears throat> Allie, this is your first experience with a lot of these wrestlers. Yes. Who, stu- who stuck out to you the most in the very first match? And 
you know, and, and if you could give also give us a review of Scotty Young's nipples, please. Sure. Um, so first when they all came out, um, I was drawn to Brayden Lee because of the cowboy hat. It was not. Right. But I switched pretty quickly, uh, Dan Housen, easy, easy wow. sell. I loved him. Um, the dance sequence, incredible. <laughs> uh, as far as the nipples go, um, I mean, they seem smaller than average, but, um, you know, it's fine. Have you ever seen any that small? Um, I... I don't know. Like, I almost feel like sometimes we need to get, like, a magnifying glass out yeah. just to find them. Yeah. So, like, if he was nursing a child, that child would never find those nipples. I don't no. think he would be nursing a child, though. But, like, yeah, if he was not. a female and he had to yeah. nurse those children and they were that size? You're right. That kid's going starving. That's true. That's true. Yeah. His nipples are so small, it makes everyone angry. That's everyone was angry. People were angry so about bad. it. Everyone hates Scotty Young, and he plays up to it amazingly. So, John, tell me some of the stuff that happened in this match here. Uh, so, immediately out the gate, uh, the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, literally just starts chucking people <laughs> around. He uh, chucked Brazy across the ring! He is. It, you know, and he landed a little rough, but that's alright. You know, he didn't succumb to those damages. He was able to recover. Uh, but yeah, so everyone kind of just like traded off into their own spots. We had a couple dive spots to the outside where um, I feel like someone dove out and just did not get caught. That happened a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, that happened a couple um, times. But I think maybe the spot of the match, potentially the night. Uh, at one point, <laughs> Scotty Young and Shane Mercer are fighting around the ring. And they go kind of go behind the crowd, and Shane Mercer finds this big tire that obviously is used for workouts, uh, you know, for flipping tire exercises, to really work out those quads and the biceps. And he decides that he's going to put Scotty Young inside of that tire. And he literally shoves Scotty Young in there. The rest of the crew is standing by one of the ring posts, and Shane Mercer literally just rolls this tire into the other four guys. Like a bowling ball, right? Yeah, knocks all the pins down. It's a strike. <laughs> this happened really close to us, right? I mean, we couldn't Very be close. any closer. And, Allie, this is one of the first things that happened tonight. Yeah. Did you, were you like, okay, these guys weren't, weren't lying. This is going to be awesome. Is that kind of what, yes, what was going on? Yes, I just like, also just didn't know what to think. I didn't know what was going on. It was like, it was a lot. I didn't realize that. I mean, you said they would be like right there, but like they were like right there. Yeah. And it was a little stressful, but um, I also loved it. Yeah, in a good way, right? You know? Absolutely. Well, and I think it's funny, too, that uh, Scotty Young's tiny nipples truly angered the Iron Demon. Like, he got yeah. really angry. Like, the crowd was pissed about it, but, man, you know, they, they weren't throwing him in a tire and chucking him across right. the room, you know? So, <clears throat> and that tire was so big that after the match, it took two dudes to carry it away. It so, oh. a, but Iron Demon's just one dude. He can do that, you know? And around this point in the match, so the crowd, um, one of the featured stars in the show was Space Monkey, and so everyone brought bananas yes. uh, to the show for Space Monkey because we know how much he loves them. And somehow Braden Lee, during this, uh, during this match, found one, and they started eating it, and then he saw me and he said, hey, will you hold my banana? And gla- like, obviously, I said, yes, I'll hold your banana. Right. And so at this point, this is where I kind of pocketed 
celebrating these bananas. Very important for later in the show, right? Yeah. We gotta set this up. It, is, are you guys, like, married now? Is that... I mean, I did have control of this banana for most of the show, so... Okay. I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. What else happened in the match? Because this is an elimination scramble, right? So we yes. had several pins in this match. Uh, so we had our first elimination. Uh, Shane Mercer eliminated Zach Thomas with a jackhammer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and he set him up like it was like a three-stage jackhammer, too. You know, yes. it's like three different things that happened there. It was awesome. So Zach Thomas didn't get a ton of shit in this match. He was like the only wrestler in the whole show that didn't get like a ton of stuff in. You know? Yeah, that's what it is. What he else? did his job by, or valiantly. He did. He did. What else happened? Uh, next, we had Dan Housen dancing to the tequila song. Tell us about this, Allie. What, what was he doing here? He was just dancing. <laughs> He just told them to turn on the music, and they turned it on, and then he was doing some moves, and then he would hit a guy, and then do some more moves, and then hit another guy, and uh, I was there for it. I really appreciated that segment. Yeah, he he was basically, you know, doing the Pee Wee Herman dance from, from uh, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure to a tequila, and, you know, I do, I love the crowd on Sanction Pro, but, you know, when it was the part where it was the dun 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 they all yelled tequila, what are you doing, you idiots? Obviously, you yelled Dan Housen right there. It's the same amount of syllables. It's, true. it's yeah. what he wants. It's who you love. The fuck you doing? So yeah. that was very disappointing. The crowd doesn't know what they're doing, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, it just didn't work out that well because of that. And that's my opinion. But right, you and, know, and Scotty Young was on the receiving end of those hits. He was. Uh, he was very upset that Dan Housen even wanted to play this song. <laughs> he hated it for some reason. And at one point, Dan Housen goes, are you going to listen to who everybody loves, which is Dan Housen, or are you going to listen to the guy with tiny nipples? <laughs> and they said, hit the music. Yeah, And that's absolutely. when we got it. That was great. What else happened? Uh, so, Dan Housen got Scotty Young into the ring. He poured his tea, Dan Housen's jar of tea, into Scotty Young's mouth. Good. And then hit a running knee strike, I believe. Yeah, knee shiver. And uh, he took out Scott Young, right? Yeah, got the elimination. Good, good. Get his fucking tiny nipple ass out of here. You know, thank God. Can't stand that guy. Uh, but Dan Housen does not understand the rules of this, ma- uh, this match because he obviously thought that he was the winner. Yeah, he thought he and won. They, and he looked at the ref and he said, raise my hand. I won this match. And the ref said, no, this is the elimination, buddy. You're not the winner yet. He said, no, I pinned him. He's gone. I won. And that ref was Max Recon. We had Max Recon and Sean P. tonight. Um, and Sean P. told me to tell uh, everyone in the listening audience, fuck Mouse. So, there you go. Wow. Just wanted to get that out of the way right away. And, I didn't know uh, they had beef. Well, you know, Mouse is just, he's a grumpy dude. You know, he was in the house, of course, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure. He's just a grumpy guy. And he doesn't like uh, guys that used to have a man bun, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, I understand, because Mouse likes to put his butt in people's businesses. He does. And, you know, he just rubs people the wrong way. He was also wearing Brazy's cowboy hat for most of the show, and I know you were insanely jealous. Even I though, was. Even though you had his banana, you wanted the hat, too. Well, at first I was jealous because Mouse got the hat, but then when I got the banana, I knew where the real bread was at. Like, <laughs> where the real bread was Like at. the breadwinner, like... <laughs> That's me. Uh, and immediately after that, Dan Housen got eliminated by Kobe Durst. Aww. The, the Diamond Tiger Kobe Durst, man. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's crazy. Uh, yeah, that, 
it's unfortunate, you know, Danhausen had to lose this match, but I think a big part of that is because maybe he needs to know what the rules are, you know, and not and worry about the rules a little less than dancing, you know. Although, Ali, you really like dancing. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I would take the dancing over the rules <laughs> any day. All right. <laughs> what else happened here? Uh, after that, Brazy went brazy. He, he just started going... I was going to say crazy, but he went brazy. He went brazy. Uh, I know at one point he hit the the spot where he's on the outside of the ring and he hits his opponent and then he jumps in and does a double knee. I believe he hit that on Kobe Durst. Um, and then him, uh, Shane Mercer, and Kobe kind of started going back and forth for a couple of different spots. Uh, yeah, we had Kobe Durst hitting the MX on, like, a couple different people, but he couldn't get the pin with it, I believe. And what else we got there? Uh, and then we have Mercer and Durst teaming up to eliminate the star of the show, Braden Lee. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Do you hate uh, Kobe Durst and Iron Demon now? Yeah. Yeah? They were his opponents. I hate anyone who was Braden's opponent. Even though their nipples are regular-sized? Well, Yeah. Okay. Because Brayden's are enough regular size as well. That's true, but you love him. I do. Okay. Just making sure. Nipple size is very important. That's I why I brought it up. To everyone, I think. That's why I know? brought it up. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? This is a wrestling podcast. It's But it's education first, you know? We're education first, and nipple education is what we do on, on Sanction Pro Shows. So uh, do you, you know why men have nipples? No. Uh, so I read this in a book uh, titled Why Do Men Have Nipples? <laughs> and it was like a doctor who wrote a bunch of like, you know, doctor health questions About and, nipples, and answered so. them. Well, no, it was Why Do Men Have Nipples was just a one. Uh, so the reason men have nipples is because originally in the womb, we all are female. And then eventually the men, you know, kind of start to change form and develop, you know, the other genitalia and so the nipples are one of the original factors that we kind of take from the female uh, side of being so I guess yeah well speak for yourself John so uh, anyway what else happened here Uh, we had our final elimination of this match Uh, Kobe Durst thought he was pulling a fast one and was going to go up top and he oh my god I forgot one of the coolest spots of the match (laughs) right before Braden got Eliminated, he uh, did like a flip onto Shane Mercer to do a Hurricane Rana, but Shane caught him and then power bombed him. It was sweet. Yeah, Shane Mercer's strong, super strong. <laughs> so, anyways, back to Kobe. So Kirby jumps off, uh, tries to do like a double knees, but Shane catches him and then uh, kind of readjusts him on him and then takes him to the top rope. And hits the assault and battery. Moon salt and battery. Allie, what'd you think of this? Dude's flipping off the top rope and slamming a dude. It what was we- awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. I got on video and I'll probably go home and watch it again. That was the thing that uh, I think me and John. No, you were talking about the Myron Reed spot, which we didn't yeah. see, but we were like, uh, we didn't want to tell you about that either way because it, it's just such a surprising, crazy move. So, um, which by the way, recently someone has put up a GIF of. Scott Steiner doing that from a standing position? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so Shane Mercer, step your game that up. That is some crazy shit. But anyway, so Shane Mercer wins in his debut at Unsanctioned Pro. The crowd went nuts, and we went on to the next match. What was it? It was our first of three semifinal tag team tournament matches. Mm-hmm. It was the Space Pirates, Space Monkey, and Shane Saber. Shane Saber. 
going against Hysteria, which is Sage Phillips and Cole Radwick. So, Allie, there were several people to like in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess let's get your thoughts on a monkey from space. Let's talk about Space Monkey. What did you think of Space Monkey? Um, I liked him. I, John has shown me a lot of videos of him previously. Okay. Um, so I wasn't like, I knew what to expect. Um, but I liked him. I wasn't like overwhelmingly like interested. But um, I liked him. Okay. He was good. Just like average though. I guess everyone's entitled to their own opinions, yeah. even when they suck. But, uh, <laughs> you know, okay. Um, I mean, Space Monkey's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and always will be because he's the best. He's a monkey from space. Yeah. Where, are you from space, Allie? He's also yeah. a pirate. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's from space. Well, there we go. That's okay. I don't want to argue. But uh, what did you think of Cole Radrick and Sage Phillips? Um, they were, so when they came out, I was like, I thought that they thought that they were too cool. And I was oh. like, okay, boys, let's calm down. That's fair. But then as the That's match got, went on, like, I kind of liked them. They were kind of fun, and and I was, I found myself rooting for them. Cole, Cole is so arrogant that he tells everybody he's six foot tall. Oh. And he's he not, not six foot tall. No, he's he's like five foot five, you know? He, he's tiny, and he tells everybody he's six foot tall. So he's that arrogant, you know? Um, but I'm happy to see Cole always. I like Cole a lot, even though I, I was booing him until yeah, so you booed him a lot. I boo him all the time. That's what you do. I booed Arrowboy. I love Arrowboy. What are you going to do? But, uh, yeah, all right. Well, John, tell us about the bananas. I mean, that's obviously the first thing we need to talk about in this match, right? There were so many bananas. Uh, somebody brought, like, a... Like a Box. Like 40, a box 40 pounds of, of bananas, they said. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of bananas. That's a lot of money out of your pocket to do a cool spot at a wrestling show. Normally, so I went to the grocery store today and I bought some bananas, and normally when Space Monkey's in town, the, the price of bananas go up like, you know, like 20 cents a pound, but they were 49 cents a pound, which is kind of the typical price. So I, I was a little shocked by that. Usually, you know, like I said, the price skyrockets when Space Monkey's in town. But maybe he's been drinking that, like, banana rum that he has or yeah, whatever. Yeah, did you notice that too? Yeah. He yes. had a flask that was... A banana. A banana. <laughs> but he walked out and literally just started chugging whatever was inside of that. Well, Allie hates him, so it is what it I, is. I did not say I hate him. <laughs> well, she, said he was average. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just say you hate him, then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right. So, tell, so, yeah, so a million bananas made their way into the ring, which really kind of messed up the beginning of the match because they had to clean out all these bananas and so everyone in the ring's like throwing the bananas out and they're just making their way right back into the ring they're like stop throwing the bananas back yes. in people are getting hit with bananas right and left and all I wanted was to eat a banana and I threw all mine in the ring I, I actually threw an entire bunch all stuck together into the ring which was pretty funny Sean picked it up and was like what the fuck it's like I did that so I'm surprised that your entire bunch didn't get busted like other people's bananas. No, they, they eventually cleared them all out. We had a match, right, John? We did. Uh, but to start, we had a little bit of some shenanigans. Uh, Space Monkey and Cole had a duel of bananas. Would you say those are bananigans? <laughs> Got them. They were ripe for the picking. Oh! Well. So they had a little uh, sword fight with their bananas. And Space Monkey... That sly SOB had another banana in the, underneath his little coat. 
he kind of did the Game of Thrones, the Arya thing, you know? Yeah, he pulled it out and stabbed Cole in the stomach. Yeah. And Cole was done for. Yeah, he sold like, for a while, then he was hurt. He immediately had to tag back out. <laughs> so, so then we get Saints Phillips in the ring versus Space Monkey, right? And, we did. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this night... There was a lot of getting up and sitting down and getting up and sitting down. And I, so there's some matches where I, I don't have very good notes. So I did my best. But uh, we'll uh, do our best to give these uh, all justice, uh, you know, and everything. But uh, is there anything on this one? Uh, so both teams are cheating like crazy. Oh, yeah. Both teams were completely cheating. Like, ton, ton, like because they they wouldn't, they wouldn't tag in. They kept getting in and getting out, you know. And, and you know, I think Sean was the ref of this match. Sean's like, one in, one out, guys. They didn't listen to him. Especially Hysteria. They, I think, were kind of cheating the most. They were, yes. Because Shane kept trying to get in to help Space Monkey, and Sean would push him off, and he would tell Shane, like, hey, you got to tag in. And he's like, I literally can't because you keep letting them cheat and pull them away. So eventually, at one point, Shane gets in and just knocks out Sage and then just carries Space Monkey over to his corner, sets him down, gets back out. And before, like, grabs Space Monkey's arm and tags himself out. He's like, is that fine, yeah. ref? Yeah, that's great. He sounds like good enough. Is that good for you? Uh, so there's a lot of back-and-forth action with some great near falls. A uh, huge double team down. Do you remember what that spot was? Well, there was a huge double down with, like, all four guys in the ring just hitting monster spots on each other. Yeah, and yeah. everybody was down. Uh, it's just, you know, towards the middle of the match. This match was insane. Because it was just, it was like, I don't know how to describe it other than just to say that there were so many moves and so many crazy things going on in it. It was kind of hard to keep up with it when you're watching because there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. um, including a giant spot that we're going to get to here in a sec. I don't know if that's what's next. but uh, There's next two big spots. All right, let's hear I thought so. Let's hear So uh, Space Monkey does a monkey flip on Saint Shaver. Shane Saber, that's Shane yeah. Saber, uh, into a spear on the Sage Phillips. That was awesome. That got a near fall. Yeah, and Shane Saber was like, "How? Right. How was that only two? How?" It was really sweet. I've never seen anything like that. Before. Pretty cool. Uh, Allie didn't really like it that much. Though. No. And then we worked our way to the outside of the ring, and everybody's kind of down out there. I think Monk or Space Monkey. Like, dove out on the stage, onto the chairs, and then Shane is kind of, like, lurking on the outside. But we've lost track of someone in this match. How can we? He's six foot tall. Well, he disappears in the crowd. (laughs) Very easily for a six foot tall man. And next thing we know, Cole Radrick comes zipping in on a zip line... And Hurricane Rana's Shane Saber <laughs> while still attached to the zipline. Allie, we need to know your thoughts. What you think of it? I thought it was awesome. I was so confused because I saw the zipline start to move and I was like, did somebody hit that accidentally when they jumped out of the ring? But no, I was wrong. There was just a guy coming in hot, zipping on in, and it was the coolest thing I've literally ever seen. Oh, there you go. That was awesome. So I remember seeing that wire earlier on in the night, and I was like, well, I guess we're not going to get Myron jumping out over here because there's a big wire in the way. I didn't realize there was a zip line attached to it. Who else have it, John? Then we kind of get to the end where Hysteria wins by submitting both space pirates at the same time. 
Yeah, they both tapped out. Uh, Sage got Space Monkey into like an octopus uh, stretch with, uh, to the arm, he had the tail Unbelievable. of Space Monkey. That's, That's not okay. Despicable Sage. Yeah. You should feel sorry for yourself. And Cole locked Shane up into a Boston, or a single leg Boston crab. Jeez. Well, yep, so Hysteria moves on, and Space Monkey is just average, so that's what happens. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great match, but let's move on. Well, so we had our next semifinals match. It was Columbus's own Awesome Odyssey, yeah, yeah. which is Chris Copeland and Jack Andrews. Yeah, way to go, John. Been practicing for months. <laughs> Against 40 Acres, which is Trey Lamar and PB Smooth. So, Allie, that's the first time you've seen PB Smooth. Mm-hmm. He's pretty big, huh? He's pretty big. Pretty smooth, too. How tall would you guess he is? 6'10. Yeah, really. I think so. Okay, I feel cool. like he's, really he's taller than that. I don't know. I think he's 6'10. But, you know, I would guess that he's at least like 7 foot. <laughs> he looks like it for sure. He is a scary looking dude, man. He, he was sitting on the apron, literally the top rope came to his waist. Yeah, yeah, he just like stepped over it like it was not the top rope. He is gigantic. And Trey Lamar, tremendous wrestler. But 40 Acres are one of the, the only heels at Unsanctioned Pro. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, Allie, but most of the people, everybody loves them. You know, yeah. like, I, there's very few heels. You got Scotty Young, you got, uh, you know, 40 Acres, and that's pretty much it. You know, everybody else is basically a face. So, um, you know, in this match, you know, was pretty great stuff. You got some notes on this one? Yeah, the one first notable thing is Mouse and his disdain for Trey Lamar mm. decides, I'm calling in the, you know, the replacements, the sidelines, the extras. <laughs> the winner, Swolger, right. replaced Mouse as the photographer for this match. Yeah, Mouse hates Trey Lamar so much, he just decided, I can't take pictures of this kid, you know? Um, it was, and I understand, I, I guess Mouse is, you know, like you say, he's a grumpy dude, he hates everything, but he especially hates Trey Lamar. So, you know, it is what it is. Adam Slade does a tremendous job of taking photos. If it's setting up a ring, taking photos, brothering around, being a lost boy, wrestling, whatever it is, give it to Adam Slate. He's going to knock it out of the park, and that's what he did. That's right. Thank you for your service. <laughs> he was like a... Yeah, he was like in the, he was in the military. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. I just thought it was a good spot to really just thank him. Yeah. Well, done. either way, Adam Slate rules, so... Yeah. Uh, so immediately, uh, PB Smooth is supposed to start this match, and he looks at Chris Copeland, and he's like, I ain't got time for this Joker. Trey Lamar, you get in. So, PB gets right back out. Uh, and so, uh, they kind of go back and forth. Trey taking on both members of the Awesome Odyssey. Until uh, PB announces that th- he, he looks at Trey and he says, There's no tags in this match. Like, yeah. do not tag me back There's in. There's no tags. I think he was kind of yelling that at the Awesome Odyssey who were trying to make a tag, and he's like, no, there's no tag. So, Oh, so it wasn't him saying, like, Trey, no, no tags tonight. No, then whenever Trey tried to tag him, the crowd's getting on his case, like, hey, you said no tags, you jerk. Right, so, like, you didn't you know. want there to be any tags. You wanted Trey to stand his ground and fight this battle. <laughs> 
Um, Allie, you've seen the Awesome Odyssey a couple times, right? I have. Were you surprised at how popular they are in Unsanctioned Pro? Yes. Why? Because the well, the, I haven't seen them in over a year, I think, but they were kind of like I don't want to say nobodies, but like that's fair. But nobody really knew who they were, yeah. and they just kind of showed up, and everyone was like, "Oh, okay." But here, they showed up, and everyone was like, "Oh, okay," and they loved them. They've been on every show. There's some of the. There's only a few wrestlers that have been on every show, and maybe they might be the only ones. Really? Rejects are probably the only other ones. That I don't think they rejects on missed. The they missed one show, so okay. uh, you know maybe uh, Ever Cross has been on every show, and Dale Patrick's maybe has been on every show. Um, but <clears throat> I think I know they have. I know Awesome Honesty's been on every show, so they're kind of like the unsanctioned pro guys, and so. You know, the crowd, and they're from Columbus, so, you know, the crowd just goes fucking crazy for them. Yeah. And they were massive underdogs in this match because they're tiny. And, yeah. you know, and PB Smooth is so gigantic. So, you know, and Trey Lamar, no, he's not tiny either. Yeah, you know, great, yeah. he's a big dude. He's a tremendous wrestler. So, um, what else happened, John? So, eventually, the action spills outside of the ring, and PB Smooth is over there. He catches Jack Andrews on the top rope. Which, you know, sends it back in to Trey Lamar to do some action. But at one point, Chris Copeland tries to dive out onto PB, and PB just catches him. And then he chucks him right at you, Andy. Yeah. And you got you got some action tonight, didn't you? I took a Chris Copeland to the leg, you know? And uh, and Chris Copeland skidded on that grass, that artificial yeah. turf. Looked like it hurt pretty bad, you know? Yeah, you got a little, a little turf burn. Yeah, man. <clears throat> You know, um, nobody made a turf monster joke tonight because nobody like fell down on the turf. You know, and, and I don't know. You guys don't know the turf monster. I don't know joke. that. Anyway, it's a football joke. But uh, anyway, didn't no get one got any, that one tonight. No so. one got any turf toe tonight. I mean, that's another one. You know, that's also a uh, football thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, this was awesome stuff. Like I said, it's great to see these guys fighting from underneath. And there was a lot of the match that was, you know, uh, Trey Lamar and PB Suits beating up on these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly Chris yeah. for a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, so 40 Acres beats up on Chris for a while. Eventually, he is able to make a hot tag to Jack, who runs wild on Trey. Uh, then they Odyssey take out PB yeah. uh, with a couple of different double-team moves. Uh, each of them kind of taking out a leg, and then eventually, I think Chris kind of went off the second turnbuckle to knock him out. That's right. Uh, the legal man was in question. At this point, yeah. At this point, we didn't know who the legal man was, and we realized it didn't matter. You know, it just didn't matter at this point because everyone was trying to pin everybody, mm-hmm. and you know. And, uh, so for, uh, forty acres hit a tag team finish, uh, but it did not uh, end the match because Trey decided that he wasn't done. Yep, and he picked up Chris's arm. Big mistake. It was a big mistake. Yeah, should have just finished from there. Uh, so they continue to beat down the Awesome Odyssey, but Chris is able to roll up Trey Lamar out of nowhere and get a three count and advance to the next round. They advance, but they pay the price because 40 Acres is pissed and they just beat the shit out of him. But who comes in and makes the save, John? Hot fire. Myron Reed That's comes right. out with the trash can. Chases off both Trey and PB Smooth. I think it was a trash can lid. But yes, yeah. trash can. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Uh, Allie, what'd you think of all this? 
um, like Myron Reed coming in at the end? I mean, the whole thing. I don't know. Whatever you want to talk it about. It was a good match. I didn't like Myron Reed's pants. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my input. Fair enough. There you go. Well, what was the next match, John? The next match was a singles match. Oh, boy. Hitting Arrow Boy versus Alex Cullen. Colon. Colon. What is wrong with you, John? Cologne. Alex Cologne, you've heard us say it a million times. You guys oh. have had a lot of beer tonight. <clears throat> That's true. You had to pee a lot, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it's just holding on to four a, to five times. You got a banana in one hand, a beer in the other. You know, that's that's John. So yeah. uh <laughs> Well, um this was this was really good. It was it was a little tough though, because Arrow Point for some reason gets stuck in these spots right after super duper hot matches because that that you know awesome odyssey winning was had the crowd like on you know cloud nine and so these two guys come out and i think a big problem is Arrowboy didn't come out to the song september he used to come out to september now he's coming up to some you know mexicano rap song like i mean okay but that's that's no mames amigo come on it's november yeah you're november okay that's a great song. It used to come out to that all the time, you know, but now. But, you know, Arrowboy, tremendous wrestler. Both these guys are kind of hardcore, deathmatch-type guys, you know, that kind of do it all. They're very similar in the way that they kind of do everything. So these guys were going to beat the fuck out of each other, and that's what they decided to do, right? Yeah, and I think another thing that kind of brought this match down a little bit compared to the other ones is most of the action took place outside of the ring. And so, like, for me, I couldn't see a large portion of it because it was taking place on opposite sides of the ring from where I was sitting. Now, we had the option to get up and walk over and see what was going on. Yeah. But I find, and this is my opinion, I find that when you do that, then the wrestlers move out of the way, and then you're ended up walking the other way. You know what I mean? It's like, I, it, I don't know. I just usually kind of sit where I'm at, and I see what I can see, and that's it. So... Uh, but yeah, the, a good chunk of this match happened around the outside of the ring. Yeah, so both guys kind of got their own uh, dive spot on opposite sides of the ring. I think originally Arrowboy dove out uh, Alex on one side, and then Alex kind of deemed himself and dove out onto Arrowboy on the opposite side of the ring. And then they both kind of worked each other over on the far side of the ring from where we were. Um, and then Arrowboy kind of starts diving all over the place. And then at one point, we see Alex uh, kind of on the apron over by us, and we're pretty sure he chipped his tooth. Seemed like it, you know? Uh, Allie, you said you saw the tooth? Is that right? I saw something white come out of his mouth. It wasn't spit. It was like an actual something. But um, I can't confirm it was a tooth, but I don't know what else it would have been. I would like for the record to show that I told Allie to go find out <laughs> what fell out of his mouth mid-match, uh, but she would not do it. Really? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Chicken out, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. These guys are scary dudes. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I understand. Well, um, you're, you're, you're one time coming, you know, your first time done Sanction Pro, that's out of the way now, so if you come again and you see something fall out like that, we need an answer. You yeah. have to go find out. That's right. You now know the bearings of UP shows. Okay. So. Allie, okay. what did you think of these guys' skin as far as, like, their backs? It was, and... um, kind of gross. What's wrong? Like, they've, they've been through a lot. <laughs> Lots of scars and, like, they've been beat with, like, barbed wire and stuff. 
the vibe I was getting. Yeah, perfect glass, things like that. Yeah, you know. not great. <clears throat> yeah, they both have very, very scarred up bodies, which is, if you're a deathmatch wrestler, that makes you a badass, you know? Um, we saw that guy Jeff King in old wrestling. Good Lord, he has, like, the carved up yeah. forehead and everything, man. He looks crazy. Uh, the term for a scar that pops up, like, puffs up like that, yes. is a keloid scar. Oh, they had many keloid scars. They which did are have a lot of Apparently caused by deathmatches, so... Um, I got one from a tattoo. Oh. I had to get it literally cut out. Because I did not want the keloid scar. So I got to oh, cut out. Oh, because you're not a deathmatch wrestler. No. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Just a podcaster. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. <laughs> what else happened here? Uh, so there's a bunch of near submissions. Uh, then they start to get pretty stiff. Yeah. With one this another. Is, this is when I noticed the tooth thing, I think. Because they were just... Wailing on each other. Crushing each other. I mean, we had to, like... The Paraguayo Jr. spot in the corner, you know, with uh, where he hits a double stomp to the opponent that's in the tree. Whoa, like stuff like that. There was a lot of those kinds of moves going on, and uh, that's when shit was getting real stiff. And it was like, yikes, these guys are just beating the fuck out of each other. But that's what I expect from them, so I wasn't surprised. Uh, and Alex Colon is able to pick up the victory. Uh, he does a top rope pretty much. Uh, Kidney drop kick yeah. to Arrow Boy on the mat. Not his typical finish, but it worked tonight. You know, maybe it's because Arrow Boy is just a boy and he's not a man. Maybe that's what it is. Um, you know, it's good to see both those guys here tonight, though. And uh, you know, it's always good to see Arrow Boy in the area. He's a tremendous wrestler. I heard a story about him once <clears throat> that he he was in the locker room and you know somebody was talking about how they were in wrestling to get famous that's what they wanted they wanted to get famous and he told them he said well I'm not I'm in wrestling for kids I want kids to be happy when they see me that's what I want it's pretty nice you know pretty nice are there a lot of kids at death matches? I mean, that's not all he does. You know, okay. he doesn't only do death matches. He, huh? he does a lot of other stuff, too. But he loves kids. So there was a lot of kids in the crowd tonight. There was a lot of kids tonight. That yes. loved everything. They were happened. losing their fucking minds. They had the time of their life. And what's funny, too, is the adults were as well. So this was, you know, fun for the whole family. And Which is not the typical UP show, no. I don't think. It's not supposed to be that way. Uh, so That was awesome. Hey, it works. Alright, so Alex Cologne picks up the win. We move on to the next match, which was what? It was one of the matches that I was most looking Fuck forward to. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It was, uh, unbeknownst to me, a Falls Count Anywhere match. It was Lord Crew, our boy, going against Casanova Valentine, the guy whose theme song I love. What is his theme song? I don't know. It's just a really funky, like techno beat that just makes you want to get up and just white boy dance. He'll let us know. He listens, so he'll let us know. Um, they got a long drive back to Jersey in New York and everything, so they usually end up listening. But, uh, but yeah, you know. Okay, so Casanova Valentine. Al, you're not familiar with him, right? Correct. So he is like a biker dude, kind of looks like a biker dude, and so does Lord Crew. Yeah. Lord Crew's a little more svelte, you know. Uh, Casanova Valentine looks more like a bouncer, because he is a bouncer. And he is the uh, Davy Crockett, uh, the fucking Davy Crockett of wrestling, because he's a fucking pioneer. He's the guy who invented um, the no-ring deathmatch, right? And so Lord Crew had won a no-ring match recently against Dan Housen, actually, I believe, and where the uh, the whole Pee Wee Herman spot got embedded. And so 
you know, he's like, oh, Lorker, you think you're King Shit of Fuck Mountain? You won one match, right? He, he what did he say? He said, you think you're the cock of the walk? He said, your cock's just swinging around. That's what he said, which is wow. really weird, but he said that. And Very literal. Yeah, and so he said, but I'm, I am the fucking, what do you, I can't remember what he said. He's like the, he's the man of this shit. So he's basically, you know, going to show Lord Crew how this works. And Lord Crew fucking held his own in this match. This match went all over the place and it was total insanity. I got zero notes because I was afraid for my safety at many times, which made me very happy. But Allie, can you describe what happened to a chair that was near us and Lord Crew kind of disintegrated it into dust, didn't he? Yeah, literally like obliterated? Obliterated, yeah. Obliterated it. It was like, like I've never seen a chair just bend like that. <laughs> like a metal chair. How did he do it? Do you remember? No. Well, okay, good. So, Casanova Valentine is placed on top of two chairs, and Lord Crew gets up on the apron. It's on the outside. Too, yeah, it's on the outside. Lord Crew gets up on the apron and runs and does a... Uh, I feel like there's a Japanese word for tope it. Kanhiro. A tope kanhiro, which is just he just rolls, dive rolls onto the opponent. But Casanova was not here for it, and he moves out of the way, and Lord Crew just eats the entire chair, elbow, back, all included, and just is writhing in pain. And, and a fan picks up the chair afterwards, and the chair was just, like, hanging on by a thread. It was just yeah, literally in pieces, one little screw. <laughs> and uh, before that happened, too, they kind of, we had the crowd evenly split. The, you know, half the crowd wanted crew to win, half the crowd wanted Casanova to win, um, which was awesome. Again, we had, you know, pretty much everybody loves everybody here. Mm-hmm. And Lord Crew pulled off a front-facing Pearl Harbor right in front of us, too, he which did. popped us huge. So thank you, thank you, Lord Crew, for that. These two awesome. were so stiff. Like, even to oh, start the match, time. like, when they were over on the opposite side of the ring from us, they were just throwing so many bows at each other, just knocking each other out. It was awesome. So, the action after Lord Crew, you know, disintegrates the chair, they kind of work their way uh, towards the rock wall that I had forementioned earlier. Forementioned. Forementioned. Forementioned? Is that the right name? The aforementioned. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily going for that, like at that point. But like, I was thinking it, and it came out, and it wasn't right. I liked it. Uh, so the aforementioned rock wall. Uh, they're fighting over there by that. Uh, Casanova Valentine pulls out a um, a dildo. Yes, with that nails through it. Nails all over it. Yeah. Uh, and he winds up to hit Lord Crew with this floppy member. The Lord Crew grabs Casanova's dick and just starts twisting it. Yeah, that's what you do. And he twisted some more. Allie, uh, the twist his dick chant that immediately the crowd started getting into, mm-hmm. that is a long-standing unsanctioned pro thing. Yeah, um, yeah that's actually invented uh, by uh, Christina Gucci Chanel. Um, she just asked the wrestler to twist his dick once. She got all drunk and was like, twist his dick! And ever since then, that's just something that happens in Lord Crew matches. He is twisting dicks. Yeah, so, he twisted a dick last, last show. Yeah, man, he's always twisting dicks. That's what he's doing. He is Lord Twisted Dick Crew. Now, he did later on in the match become Lord Brew because he, he uh, which is what we, that was our original nickname for Lord Crew, was Lord Brew because we said he looked like a guy that worked in a, a brewery, you know? Super he looked like a, like, a, like a fucking, but he doesn't even drink, which is no. fun. 
So, um, you know, Castro Valentine and him worked their way out to the concession area where... We uh, forgot that Lord Crew climbed the rock oh, wall. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I interrupted you. I uh, so after Lord Crew twisted his dick nearly off, he climbed <laughs> to the top of the rock wall and just did a crossbody off the top of the rock wall onto uh, Casanova, which I am going to say that I talked to Crew before the show. Yeah, you, you know, did. And I said, Crew, if you do not climb up this rock wall and dive off, I would be very disappointed. He said, do I look like a rock climber? He did, yeah. And I said, no, you do not. This poker face sucks, too, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, so it was only good for a tooth count. Uh, Casanova recovers, and they take the action to the concession area. And this is when Lord Crew became Lord Brew because yes. uh, Casanova Valentine decides he wants to waterboard him with a pitcher of beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like standing behind the glass and I'm like, Crew doesn't even drink. Don't do that. <laughs> also, the uh, dildo with nails in it ended up just laying on the on the counter of the, of the bar and I took a picture of it and I had thought until now, I was thinking... You know, that should be the art, the album art, or the episode art for this, but I was like, ah, I can't really post that on Facebook and stuff, I'll get reported, so, because it is a gigantic cock with a bunch of nails stuck in it, that is one of the most ridiculous weapons I've ever seen in wrestling, I've never like, seen anything like that. Like, not great. even the fact that it has nails in it, but like, who is using that size dildo in their personal life? No one is. I can't imagine anyone like going to Hustlers and buying that and being like, "Oh, it's a joke." You know, maybe I don't know. About, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, whatever you do in your personal life is fine with us, but uh, but please just don't use that. Yeah, don't use that one. It's that reminds like I went I went to one of those stores one time. One time, just okay. one time, and uh, they had one that size called the Great American Challenge. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's what that was. That's amazing. Allie, you got anything to say about this? I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> She's not a big lion's den. Fair gal. enough. Fair enough. Well. Uh, so the two of them kind of work over each other. Uh, Casanova gets a trash can from behind the bar and starts beating up crew with that. And then he, uh, this is where I kind of snuck into the match. Not personally, but like, so Casanova comes back out to the turf area and he tells everyone to get out of the way and he grabs a door that's like just stationed somewhere over there and he takes it back into the concessions area and me being an ambulance chaser that I am I follow the wrestler who has got his path totally clear I sneak in and just cut so many people off Good. so I follow the action as close as I can I kind of stayed back you know I was uh, I'm not you know, I've seen so many matches that go outside and shit like that. I don't really ever chase them down, but so I missed a little bit of this. But basically, they kind of in the center of the uh, snack bar area or whatever the concessions area. They just start beating the shit out of each other with this door and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, tell then, me. Go ahead. And then Casanova kind of sets it up a, j- a jar on one of the walls, and uh, he's trying to put crew through it, but crew, you know bounces back and gets back out of it and it's able to eventually uh, I think they both kind of go through it but then crew gets half of the door and just starts beating the shit oh, out of Casanova destroying with it destroying him yeah uh, and he eventually puts Casanova 
kind of kneeling face first uh, in front of the door. He goes up onto like the windowsill and dives off and does his leg drop through the door for Casanova and is able to, oh my god, pick up the victory. Big deal. Against the Davy Crockett of wrestling. Yeah, pretty awesome. So, um, Ali, you've never seen anything like this, right? I have not, no. What'd you think of this? It was cool. I couldn't really see a lot of it because I'm just a short little gal uh, in a sea of not short people. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, like, it was interesting. We were just, like, chasing the wrestlers around the place, but. Uh, You've was, seen Lord Crew wrestle a lot, right? Yeah. So. This is a different Lord Crew, right? Yes. How's it different? How's he different tonight? Um, I don't know. He, he was his language. His language, <laughs> yes. Well, a little less. Uh, we see him a lot at a place that is a lot more tame. Than yes, this, right. Definitely. So we see him in NWF all the time, yes. and people like him there. Yes. However, they love him in Unsanctioned yes. Pro, right? I yes. mean, like his. Crowd reaction is top notch. There, everybody loves him. He's worked hard to get that reaction, and it's working. And this is something, you know, I I, I don't see how he's not going to get a hardcore title shot, or he's not going to get a heavyweight title shot. Oh, for sure. It just seems like that that is where we're headed with this. It's just my opinion, but you know, I think this was a huge win for him, and something that he was very interested in doing, and. You know, he was trying to impress Casanova Valentine, too, because I'm sure he'd like to fight him in bars all over the country if he wants to, you know? So, um, just pretty cool deal. I'm glad you got to see that. Anything else about this match? What will happen next, John? Uh, so, post-match, um, Casanova kind of just acknowledges that Lord Crew was the better man tonight, and they kind of do a little hug out, and Casanova raises Lord Crew's hand, and me, as just someone who's been watching Lord Crew at NWF for the past, like, two and a half years could not have been more proud yeah. and happy for Lord Crew. pretty awesome man he did an outstanding job uh, you know that that spot on the chair was unbelievable that was one of the best spots of the night and then you know everything that they did going into concessions was pretty cool so that's going to be an awesome match if you're thinking about buying this this will be available on independent wrestling TV for free if you have the network or whatever so it's just $9.99 a month or whatever we don't have a promo code because fuck that shit but, you know, check that out. This is one you definitely want to watch. For sure. What happened next? Your favorite part of the show. Oh, my favorite part? Single intermission. And during single intermission, John, you have some stories to tell. You got to meet Levi Everett. Yes, I got to have a personal one-on-one, well, two-on-one interaction with Levi. Because you were brazying it up, of course, you know. Yeah, I wanted to make sure Brazy got its banana back. I had been, you know, pocketing it all night, and I said... He needs it back. Yes. So I went over and talked to him. We talked business a little bit. Set up maybe some things for the future that I'm excited for. Okay. Uh, and then as I was walking back, I saw Levi standing at his uh, a merchandise booth that had birdhouses yes. at it. We were making fun of the birdhouses when we first got there. Like, who the fuck is selling birdhouses? I don't know why it didn't connect in my brain that the only person... That could possibly be selling birdhouses was Levi Everett. Tell me about the birdhouses, John. These were very intricate and well-crafted birdhouses. And as I got over there, I looked at Levi and I said, Levi, did you make these? And he said, yes, sir, I did make these. <laughs> he said, 
are you serious? Like, you really made these? And he's like, yeah, I made them, uh, you know, after working all day. He's like, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to, you know, keep up with the birdhouses, uh, you know, when I get home from work because I'm tired. And I said, what do you do during the day? Like, what is your day job? He says, I lay foundation for houses. And I said, shut up, Levi. <laughs> are you shitty? You're like, I didn't say shitty, but I'm like thinking to my head, like, are you shitty? <laughs> and he's like, and so there's another fan there. She bought a shirt from Levi. And as she's, you know, he's, you know, doing the money exchange, he looks at her and he says, hey, since you bought a shirt, you can pick out a picture and I'll sign it for free for you. Aww. And she's like, are you, ser- are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Levi, you are the nicest guy in professional wrestling. And he looks at me straight face. As I mean, he's a very serious person. And he looks at me and he says, there's no reason to be rude to anyone. Be nice. There's nothing. It doesn't cost anything to be nice to anyone. He's like, there's no sense in being mean. He's like, so why not? take care of people and be nice to them. And I'm like, Levi Everett, you just, my, I am now one of your biggest fans. Allie, what'd you think of all this? I almost cried when I heard about that interaction. I think Levi's the greatest man that is alive. You could, you could I mean, you could be right about yeah, that. He's I mean, literally awesome. Now we got, me and, uh, me and Allie, we got a chance to talk to Lord Crew. And we talked to Sean the Ref was there, as well as Big Cuz, who was in the house. So we got to talk to Big Cuz a little bit, say hi to him. Um, hopefully we might see him on a future show, you never know. But uh, he was there helping out, and that's a good way to get your face in front of the promoter and everything. And so, could you imagine Big Cuz and PB Smooth? I, two well, big dudes? I, here's what I want to see, okay? And yes, I would love to see that. I really want to see Big Cuz and Terrell Cannon tear it up. That's what I want to see. Because uh, Terrell Kenneth is kind of the other big dude who doesn't say superheroes. Is he the one that wore the bird the birdcage? No, no. That was just the rando guy that was there one time because he was like riding with somebody else. So. Okay. Um, you, you'll know him next. Uh, Terrell Kenneth was the, he's a giant black dude that's just angry. He, he had a, he's kind of like, like oh, with uh, Adam uh, Slade going on, you know? Yeah, that dude was yeah. massive. He knocks everyone out. Him and Big Cuz, I would love to see that. Yeah, that'd be just fun. Turn that out into the ether. But yeah, that was Cigar Mission. And after that, we had another match. Yeah, this match started immediately. I was still talking to Levi yeah. when this one started. John, you disappeared a couple times here in the last uh, little bit of the show. The last here, half of the show. It's yeah. the, I broke the seal early, <laughs> and it just didn't stop. Yeah, you had to be. Uh, so our next match was a fatal four-way match, which I was pretty excited for this one. It was Pat or Project Monix with Chaco? Chico. Chico? Chico. Okay. Versus... Alexis Montez. Yeah, yeah. Princess Court. Versus Jonathan Wolf. Your favorite. One of my favorites. In Hot Fire. Alice. Allie's. Allie's. Favorite trunks. <laughs> Where? Myron Reed. Yeah. Uh, so it's a four-way match, you know. And we got this Chico guy running around on the outside. What? I don't know where this guy came from, but he was like, he's like, come on, yeah, the whole time. He was I'm like, go away, we don't do managers <laughs> here at Unsinction Pro. Yeah, who are you? And he was like dressed like a wrestler, like I, yeah. like I feel like he wasn't your like average like manager, like he was, I 
thought he was part of the match. I was very confused I about Chico. I think he thought he was going to be part of the match as well. Yeah, he got, he got shit in a little bit here and there, you know? Uh, this was, this was spots the match, you know what I mean? It was just like, but I, I got to say one thing I was really happy about, and I've, I've said this many times on the show, but it bears repeating, is that they did a really good job of making sure everyone was involved in the match, almost the whole match. You know, there were a couple times where guys were selling on the outside and two guys would pair off, but for most of the match, all four guys were involved. And sometimes that fifth guy, that Chico dude, would run in too, and he'd get his shit in. Going into business for himself. You believe it's Chico well, guy? Yeah, he got kicks to the face multiple times Good. because he kept going into business Fuck Chico. for himself. Get out of here. Well, uh, what do you, you want to tell us about the match, Sean? Uh, so there's not a ton of notes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did uh, my best. I got caught watching this one. Yeah, so one of my favorite spots of this match, um, Jonathan Wolf. at one point, I think he knocks he knocks someone down into the corner. I think it was Monix. And uh, so him and Trey are then going, not Trey, damn it, I do that every time. That's racist. Him and, him and Myron yeah. are going at it. And he lets Myron know that his mom is a hoe. He did. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> oh, um, and so he picks up Myron into like a German or not a, just like a standing suplex and then just runs full force into the corner where Pat is at and just drops Myron into that corner. Yes. Okay. So this move actually is one that we saw. Uh, I don't know if you were at this show, John, but the God of Drivers actually hit that move on Trey Lamar at one of the shows. And that was one. Jamie Coy, who was sitting near us, uh, lost his fucking mind when we saw that. Uh, you know, it was amazing. That's one of the reasons he started to like Evercross. Which, by the way, we were sitting by Jamie Coy and his friend Andy, who were just hilarious the whole night, as usual. So, uh, I like sitting by them. They're funny. They're they're great. I'm glad Derek keeps putting us by them. Yeah, that's kind of, that's the deal, you know? So, and I mean, if not, we can take care of that. You know, we can, we yeah. can take care of it. You know, we can do something to make sure that happens. That's but, right. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, what else? You got anything else? Um, uh, trying to think of other, uh, Lexus got a couple penalty kicks in. He did. some dudes. There was, like, times where a guy would be kind of, like, trying to put another guy into submission, and here comes Lexus hitting the fucking penalty kick on him. That was cool, like, breaking up these submissions. He also, who was it? Somebody at first was, oh, it was Jonathan Wolf. He'd start pushing everybody at the beginning of the match, mm-hmm. and Lexus is like, you're not pushing me, and he just fucking V-triggered him right in the face. Yeah. So that was awesome. Um, Allie, are you, uh, what did you think about all this? This is another situation where you're seeing a wrestler, uh, like, you know, Lexus Montez that you're very familiar with, that you're seeing him in a different setting. Can you kind of describe how it was different or if it was different? Um, I didn't really feel like it was different with Lexus. I felt like it was most of the same stuff. Maybe that's just, uh, my lack of knowledge of wrestling, but it seemed similar to me. Okay. What'd you think about the other guys in the match? Um, Who was your favorite out of the other three? Okay, so there was the guy with the man bun. Uh, Jonathan Wolf. And then there was the guy with the fire pants. Who was oh, the guy with Chico? Okay. Um, I I mean, well, Lexus is like my favorite, but I also I like Jonathan Wolf as well. Okay. He had some cool moves. He's a member of a group called Iffy. 
and it's and it stands for whatever you want it to stand for, apparently. But I've always heard it stands for "I fucking hate you," oh. which is not very nice. That is not very nice. Um, his, maybe, <laughs> maybe his mom's like, oh, you know. <laughs> the last the last show we did, Andy said that, and I was like, "Why do you hate me?" <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. Way to bring up your old joke, Sean. Good job. <laughs> You're going Still funny. Going best for yourself. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to be honest. This match didn't do as much for me as I thought it was going to be. There was, a, you know, Project Monix is a guy that I've seen, and sometimes he is really smooth and, like, as good as it gets, and sometimes it's a little, little timing and proximity issues, and I noticed that he kind of had some of that going on in this match. I think maybe he was a little worried about Chico. Instead of worried about winning this match, maybe right. next time leave Chico at home. Yeah, you know? put him to the back. Just have him come out with you and then be like, hey, buddy, it's my time to shine. You go to the back. The crowd was telling everybody to beat up the robot, you know, because they didn't like Project Monix's robot stuff. So they were they were not, not into him. I was looking forward to seeing him, and I just feel like I didn't get to see the full potential that I've heard a lot about. He's a tremendous wrestler. Uh, you know, I, I really like him. There's a great Pat Monix interview uh, in the back, you know, the back catalog of the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. It's a full interview episode with him. It's tremendous. So check that shit out. And, uh, all right, well, who won this match? Uh, Myron Reed won with a 450 splash yeah. on Pat Monix. Right, pinned him. Said, I hate your friend Chico, and I hate you too. Everybody's mom's a hoe. And uh, Myron Reed wins, and the crowd starts chanting, uh, Myron's mom is just fine, or something She's like that. She's a saint. She's, She's a, a saint. saint. That's what it was. Myron's mom is a saint. Is what she might chanting. be a saint. We're not sure. I don't know. Does she have to be, like, dead to be a saint? I hope she's, she's not that. That's not funny. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but after the match, Trey Lamar comes out, and he lays out Myron Reed mm-hmm. to continue their feud that's been going on for, like, four shows at this point. It's true. Yeah, this is going to have to culminate at some point into a blow-off type match, you know. Hopefully of a hardcore nature. That'd be fun to see, you know. Or like a cage. I don't like cage matches, honestly. You know why? They take too long to set up. That's why I don't like yeah. them. If they could instantly have the cage there, I'd be all about cage matches. But well, it just takes forever. Not many indie shows have the production value of WWE where I they know. can just lower the cage. Right. Well, that's a pretty high ceiling in there. Just like tie, tie a couple ropes and stuff. You know, <laughs> tie to the zip line. It's fine. What do you think? All right. What was the next match? Our next match was the last of the semifinal tag team matches. <laughs> it was Violence is Forever, which I don't think was Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo against the Rejects. Yeah, by God, Reed Bentley and John Wayne Murdoch. Um, Allie, what did you think of this? So you, I looked at you and you go, who are these guys? Violence, and I said, they're Violence is Forever. They're like real fighters. And you're like, they look like it. And then yeah. out of nowhere... Here comes the rejects just fucking them up right in front of us, right? Right in front of us. It was, it was very immersive. Uh, Tell us what happened here, because I dipped. I was scared. I ran you away. You dipped. You ran. So John left I was, at this point, so, so the seat next to me was open. So the funny part about this, you guys saying the rejects came out of nowhere, they didn't, because as I was returning my bucket of beer bottles and buying another beer, the rejects were at the bar, and they, like, pushed me out of the way to come beat up those <laughs> they two. They just want to beat us all up, so. <laughs> so Allie, back to you, Al. Yeah, Allie, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so John's seat next to me was empty, so they decided to, I don't remember which one of the other tag team, they sat down on the seat next to me, 
and I was stressed because I knew I had to get out of the situation, but I didn't know how. Uh, so, uh, one of the rejects has a chair that he's about to throw at the man sitting in the seat next to me. Um, so he throws it, and I just kind of, I got real close to the guy on the other side of me. Sorry, sir. Uh, and so he throws the chair, and then the guy sitting in the chair falls to the ground. So I take that moment of opportunity, jump over that man, and run to where Andy, where you are, um, to safety. But it was, like, the adrenaline that I felt, it was like, I've, I've never been, I've never felt more dangerous in my life. My favorite part of this is when I finally got back to my seat, and after this match was over, Allie, like, is showing me the video footage. And it's like I'm watching a clip from, like, Cloverfield. Like, she, for some reason, is still recording all of the action despite this guy coming with a chair. Why are you and still chucking it? I was, it was, like, I was waiting for so like fast. I was waiting for the like the shot to just like fall to the ground and you see the chair like fly past. That's the plot hole of all the found footage movies, isn't it? Why do you keep recording? Just set the camera down. You're about to die. No, I have to record this. That's awesome. Well, that was a lot of fun. So we we escaped uh, near death there, mm-hmm. and uh, these guys just fucked each other up. That's all they did, right? Tell me about it, John. Uh, so they start beating each other up, uh, and then the rejects start using the fans as weapons. Yes! Which I saw this as I was, like, walking by the window to go to the bathroom. Shocker. <laughs> I just see the rejects with fans in their arms just running full speed <laughs> at the other guys. This shit's amazing. Allie, you love that, too. I loved you? it. Part of me wanted to, like, offer myself up to be one of the people that you were... Sure. They were looking for us. They were. They were like, who wants to go yeah, next? I like but I was, you know, it was too much. But, yeah, no, I thought that was awesome. That was tremendous. Uh, so, this, at this point, I'm coming out of the bathroom, and I just see all four guys in the middle of the ring just wailing on each other with chairs and doors just beating the snot. That's I love another. the doors. The doors were, I've never seen doors before. That's the, uh, that's indie tables. So like, you know, like if they, instead, like doors are cheap, you know, yeah. you can buy doors for nothing and they, they make a great sound when they, they, they do too. Especially, man, the rejects really know how to make that sound, you know, and they were, they were beating the shit out of these guys and, you know, and then Kevin Koo and Don McGree, they're fighting back, you know, sure. they're beating the shit out of them right back crazy yeah and so uh the finish came when the rejects hit the jude nelson driver judd nelson the actor judd nelson you ever heard of judd nelson no what's the end well he's been in lots of stuff i'm you know he was well i no one's been in more movies than adam sweetie but he was in you know he's in like uh beverly hills cop he's in uh isn't that leslie nelson no, that's no. <laughs> a naked gun. John, I thought you were a movie guy. What the fuck? Only movies that have come out in the past like, four or five years. That's bullshit. Well, so he's in Beverly Hills Cop. He's also um, in Vice Versa with uh, Fred Savage, uh, which is a, un- a forgotten movie that no one knows about anymore. Um, he's been in lots of stuff. He was in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know? Okay. He's the one that's, you know, dreaming after the topless girl. You know, I, I believe you. That. So, anyway, there. So the Judd Nelson driver is a top rope um, Canadian destroyer um, with a power bomb. It's insane. So we got to see that through a door. Through a door. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> they've uh, 
they complete the semi or the uh, finals. That's right. Which is going to be a ladder match, I believe. Yeah, three-way ladder match for the uh, first ever tag team champions of Unsanctioned Pro. So we got what was it? Uh, the Awesome Odyssey. Awesome Odyssey versus Hysteria versus uh, Rejects. Rejects. And man, you got to think Awesome Odyssey's got to win that, right? I mean, I Hysteria's been pulling out sneak victories. Man, fuck Cole. <laughs> I agree, but. I don't know. We'll see what happens. The rejects are just going to beat the shit out of everybody. They'll probably just end up winning. Yeah, Cole's really good tonight, too. Yeah. Eh, I love to hate him. So, anyway, what else happened here, John? Our next match was a triple threat match uh, that was originally scheduled as a unsanctioned pro hardcore title match, but due to uh, family emergency, Marcus Crane was not able to attend tonight. And so uh, the promoter was able to find a replacement uh, rather quickly. And now this match was a hardcore triple threat match with the winner getting a future hardcore championship title match. It's like a number one contender match, yeah. basically. Who was that, John? It was Matthew Justice <laughs> against Devin Moore against Dale Patrick. That's right. Um, so... <laughs> Allie, what you think of Dale Patrick's? He came out to Creed, right? And he was singing it and everything. He looked like he was on vacation. Yeah. You know, like a vacation Hawaiian shirt. shirt. Yeah. Hawaiian shirt. Bermuda yeah. shorts, you know, the whole thing. What um, what you think of him? And, and, uh, and what do you think of all three of these guys? Uh, right off the bat, I like Dale. Um, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, I'm sorry. The second guy, what was Devin Dale? Moore. Didn't love him. Okay. First impression. Uh third guy came out just ready to go and I loved him. He he went around like three times and hit everyone's hands like three times uh, and he was just very excited and energized and And you shared a special moment with him, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, what happened? He, he was laying on the ground he got hit. I don't actually know what happened well, beforehand. He, he was experiencing ball trauma. He had been, uh, you know, hitting the dick oh. uh, by Devin Moore with a piece of the door, and and he he was basically looking to you yeah. for support. Yeah. Well, I I gave him a thumbs up. I didn't know what to do. He was just laying on the ground staring at me. Luckily, I was filming, so I have it all on film. Him yeah. just staring to the camera for like ten minutes, um, and I gave him a thumbs up, and then. Uh, he there. The people next to me had a beer bucket, so he looked in there for beer. There wasn't any, and he was very upset. He was very upset. So luckily, John, being the selfless man he is, uh, offered his beer to him. He drank a little bit of it, and it yeah. re-energized him. It, it did. did, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, that was pretty fun. Um, this was very similar to the previous match. It was just guys beating the shit out of each other. Um, what what kind of notes you got there, John? Uh, so hardcore spots right out of the gate with uh, trash can lids and doors. Um, and eventually, we had the spot where Allie and Matthew just shared the longing look. Shared a moment, uh, yeah. Into the camera. Took a, uh, ball trauma, which we also forgot to mention that uh, Dale Patrick's found a trash can lid underneath the ring and ripped off the handle to the trash can. Fuck yeah. And started beating up Matthew Justice with it and he sent Matthew Justice into the crowd and started wailing on his nuts out there with little kids just right there supporting Matthew Justice's chair from tipping back. And Dale's like, 
kids, you might want to move out of the way. And they're like, hey, fuck you. We're staying right here. <laughs> they're like, your, your name sounds like a race car driver. I'm not scared of you. Right. They said, we're going to stay here for this action. I, at a certain point, Dale Patrick's was near us. And I said, get your ass out, Dale. And he showed me his ass. Just part of it. Though. Yeah, his you know? cheek. Yeah, he showed me it one cheek. Too revealing. That's probably why he ended up, uh, the you know, not winning the match. Is because he didn't get his ass out. Right. You know? Come on, He wins almost every match that he reveals Get himself. your ass out, Dale. Come yeah. on. Anyway, what Give else? us fans what we want. Yes. We want to see your ass. The whole thing. Not just part of it. Right. Uh, so Matthew Justice sets up a door inside the ring... And he goes to set Dale Patrick's on it, and it immediately breaks. Yeah. And the crowd was like, you know, they thought that was so fucking funny. And and it's it, it kind of harkens back to other matches these guys have had, because they've had issues. Like, Matthew Justice and Dale Patrick's had, like, three matches, I think, in Unsanctioned Pro. Yeah. And they, they've had issues setting up tables and stuff. You know, like, they I remember one match in particular where they had some hilarious shenanigans with that kind of thing so um so with the door breaking easily um Devin Moore picks up Dale Patrick's again and kind of just like suplex him into the door just so we get some kind of action involved with the door um there's some near falls here and there uh Devin does some move and then immediately like shuffles to the back. He went right to the back, and we assume he got injured or something like that. Not really sure, but he was out for the rest of the match. So it was yeah. between Dar- uh, you know Dale Patrick's and uh, Matthew Justice at this point. Uh, and I forgot to mention there was a spot earlier where Dale hit a top rope DVD onto Devin Moore through a door. Awesome. Uh, it was pretty sweet. I think it was through two chairs actually, but well, either way, yeah, it was. Yeah, awesome. yeah, it was. Uh, but Matthew Justice was able to pick up the victory after he hit a DVD through the door in a corner to Dale Patrick's. Yep. And to uh, get a guaranteed hardcore title match in the future. He should be the hardcore champion, you know? He's, he's like the king of that shit, you know? He's he awesome. Is. So, that was pretty good. What you think of this? Uh, any, any thoughts, Allie? No. Okay. All right. Great. Well, after that, we have your main event of the evening. And the main event was a unsanctioned pro heavyweight title match. We had the champion Everett Cross versus the man who earned his title shot at Mouse's Wrestling Adventures Fright Night Show by winning a scramble match that was named after Todd Hank, Tom Hanks. It was Levi Everett versus... Evercross. If there was ever a a chance to have this match, it was tonight. Ooh, good one. (laughs) Was it? Was it good one? Yeah, it was. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is Everett versus Everett, and as usual, you know, Levi Everett doesn't come out to music, he just comes out. And also, Scotty, the announcer, announced him without the microphone because he doesn't use that kind of thing, right? Yeah, Levi wanted no sort of technology used. And his entrance whatsoever. It's against the Lord or something. You know, not Lord Crew or Lord Brew, but the other one. So, yeah. um, yeah. And, you know, Levi made his way around the ring, and he said hi to every single person in that whole damn building. He was so happy to see everybody. He's like, you guys can't see me wrestle? Wow. 
This is the greatest thing ever. Have you seen these birdhouses I make? You know, it's well, awesome. Listen, listen, honestly, I might get a birdhouse next I'm show. I'm definitely going to buy a birdhouse, I think. Um, I don't have a birdhouse at my house. I think it would be a good opportunity to get one. I don't want the birds. I think I want the birdhouse, though. And I want the ability to support Levi. So, um, But Levi, Allie, tell me, what does Levi have with him? He's not coming out alone. He's, he's not. What's he got? He's got... Churning butter. Uh, I don't know what you call that. A butter churner? A butter churner? Yeah. He comes out just churning butter. And I had tears in my eyes. That's amazing. I've never seen anything so pure in my life. <laughs> the lady sitting next to Allie goes, What's wrong, hon? <laughs> I said, I'm so happy. She did. She called me out on my tears. Wow. But I had no shame. I told her, I said, This is the best. He, she, and she agreed with me. She said, He's great. So awesome she guy. understood the tears. Well, uh, so he came around, you know, he's churning the butter, and then Evercross music hits, he enters the ring, and Everett first is going to show Evercross, um, Levi Everett is going to show Evercross how to churn butter, right, John? Mm-hmm. What happened? And uh, so he had some crop participation. Levi kind of showed, gave a tutorial of, like, you pull the handle up, and you push the handle it's down. Very complicated. And you pull it? it up and you push it down. And you just keep doing this in a repeated motion. <laughs> um, and so he handed it over to Everett Cross and he said, "It's your turn, buddy. I want to. I want to share this moment with you in this ring." And immediately, Everett Cross is too aggressive with his up and down motions, and he breaks the butter turner. Can you believe that shit? He thought he had a hold of Breezy's banana. That's what he thought he had. But no, it was the butter churner. And he's got to take it easy with that thing. Yeah, you got to learn how to the up and down motion. So he broke the butter churner and Levi was furious. He got so, so mad. mad. And then we had ourselves a match. We know? did because uh, like immediately Levi effort kind of like hawks out and just starts beating the <laughs> shit out of Cross because of him breaking the butter trigger. Oh, man. And this whole match is leading up to the pile driver. I mean, that's what it was. It was a very standard match as far as, like, Levi got the shine, then, you know, Ever Cross started to beat him up, get some heat on him and stuff like that. Um, you know, Allie, what do you think of, of Levi Everett as a wrestler? What do you think of his, his in-ring stuff here? I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Because he doesn't look like a wrestler right. when he comes out. Um, he had some good moves, but he also, like, lived up to his appearance, I think. Okay. Well, he's, a, he's kind of a workhorse in there, yeah. you know? Like, he would be in real like life. Like, if you so. saw an Amish man wrestling, that's what you would see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and then Evercross is the champion, you know? And he's just basically you know, a little overconfident, I think, and mm-hmm. he's starting to, you know, get beat up a little bit by Levi Everett, um, but uh, don't have, like, super specific notes except for the finish. Uh, John, you got anything to say about this one? Uh, I really appreciated Levi going for the triple German suplexes, uh, a la Chris Benoit back in the day, pre-murder, uh, uh, but uh, I didn't like that Everett stopped it before him being able to complete the third one. And it's disappointing. Well, that's what happens, you know. What are you going to do? But uh, anyway, well, I, 
you know, it's the main event. We don't want to tell you every little thing that happens in the main event, because that's not fair. You know, Unsanctioned Pro, you need to watch this on independent wrestling TV. Plus, it's snowing where we are. What is happening? Why is it snowing? But it's snowing where we are, and we got to go home. So, um, yeah, like, downpoured earlier, and now it's snowing. It Welcome snowing? to Cincinnati. It's ridiculous. So, John, who ended up winning the match, and how did it happen? Uh, so, Levi went up top to dive off for a headbutt, but Everett Cross was able to get out of the way, scoop him up, and hit a pile driver and get the victory. He did. One, two, three. Allie, what'd you think of this? I, it was good. I mean, I, I figured he was going to win, sadly. Um, but it was a cool finish. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. All right, well, Allie, what was your uh, first experience at Unsanctioned Pro like? What I mean, you're, you're pretty happy, or you want to come back? What do you think? I'm so happy. It was it was so fun, and it was, like, a different speed that I'm used to. A little more intense and a little more, mm-hmm. like, less censored, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. I would love to come back. Um, and I think that my favorite match of the night was, um, yeah, I think my favorite match was um, the rejects. Okay. I wow. think that one was really fun, and I really enjoyed that one. She felt like you were in that one. I did know? feel like I was <laughs> in that one. She was in that one. I was in that one. You are right, yeah. John, you've been on Sanctuary Pro a million times. What was this triumphant return like for you? Uh, so I kind of was on the way up here kind of telling everybody how I literally have been counting down the days and the sleeps of this week leading up to Insanction Pro because I get so excited for these shows because they're always a blast. Uh, and tonight was lived up to that hype and made you know it acceptable for me to count down sleeps to this show. Uh, I thought it was great. I love seeing all the guys that I don't get to see very often, like Jonathan Wolf, Braden Lee. Uh, it was great seeing Lord Crew pick up a really good victory, really big victory. Uh, and I'm excited to see kind of where his future lies at UP. There you go. Well, I thought it was a tremendous show. The transfer to the new venue was seamless, you know. I like this one even better than I like the other venue. Um, it's just a little more, kind of, it's got more room, and I like that. So, mm-hmm. this gives them room to grow. Um, you know, their next show is going to be on January 19th at the Big Bar in um, in uh, uh, Columbus. Columbus, and we'll be there for that, too. So, um, I don't know, you can follow me at Drusifer Tweets, you can follow John at jhat05. Are we doing Twitter, Allie, or not? Uh, we don't have to. Okay, fair I'm not enough. great at Twitter. So. Just know that if you tweet anything dumb, oh, she yeah. might block you. That's true. She What's might. that girl's name? Does she listen to the podcast? Probably, yeah. What's her name? Christina. Christina, um, I unblocked you. I'm sorry I blocked you on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> don't take it personally, but you're unblocked, so I'm sorry. How many people do you have blocked on Twitter? I have Ellen? over 2,000 people blocked on Twitter. You do it for fun, I you do said. it for fun. Please so. don't take it personally. <laughs> uh, it's just like a hobby of mine. <laughs> And we're not joking. We're serious. We're, I'm being very genuine. She really did count. Like, that was amazing. Had. Well, you can follow the show at the Road Home FW. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.